Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Dank and Bharati Jagdish with you. Uh, it's time now for our weekly wrap. And this is something we knew was coming all along. The question we're asking this week is when or oh when? Yeah, it's all about that GST hike. Not a question of if, just when. And it looks like we might be seeing that hike this year, with some saying it might come as early as April. Uh, this was announced in the Prime Minister's New Year message last Last month, Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong said the government would have to start moving on the planned hike in Budget 2022. The economy, after all, is emerging from the pandemic. So the topic was again brought up in Parliament this week when Member of Parliament Liang Ying Hua, who's from uh, Bukit Panjang, uh, filed a question asking if the government would consider delaying the GST increase to avoid adding on to inflationary pressure. The response got headlines in the Straits Times. Mm, yep, Second Minister for Finance, Indrani Raja took the question. She said that the government is carefully considering overall economic conditions to determine the exact timing of the hike. But is now really the right time to do this, given we're still recovering from the impact of COVID-19? Let's uh, try and get some analysis from Simon Poe, Associate Professor, Accounting Department, NUS Business School. Prof, good morning. How are you? Good morning to both of you. Uh, I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, so let's talk about this um, a GST hike. I, I, I don't want to get into the justifiable part yet. I want to get into personal within you and your family settings. Do you guys discuss GST hike? Uh, how do you feel? Are you guys getting ready for it? Uh, as a consumer, I'm obviously <laughs> concerned about the GST hike. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just like uh, most Singaporeans, we'll look at whether there'll be any big ticket items. Mm. Uh, better purchase them before the hike. Uh, that's the legal way of avoiding the GST hike. Fair enough, fair enough. Mm, okay. Well, obviously the hike has been described as regressive in many cases, yeah, because you talked about it from the standpoint of a consumer. So, a lot of people might say that, look, since it's going to affect the entire population in the same way, perhaps there ought to be provisions for the lower income or at least some selectiveness when it comes to what sorts of items are taxed in that manner. Should basic needs be taxed or should only luxury goods be taxed? Where do you stand on such arguments? I think we need to understand that our GST system should be uh should be seen together with our GST voucher system, mm. where the poor, the low income actually get uh, substantial handouts to uh, help them to uh, to cope with the GST uh, height as well. Uh, so uh, it is, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the uh, GST assurance package, which mm. was already announced and uh, this will help to alleviate any pains as a result of the GST height. Uh, so you reach out to the lower income group more so than the rest. So uh, hopefully uh, the regressivity of the, G- the GST itself uh, is uh, addressed in this manner. It's a weird one though. I mean, when, when it comes to GST and, and if, I've, if I'm on the wrong track, just, just feel free to correct me. Um, some of it where help is concerned is judged by the size of the house that you stay. And sometimes it's preference, right? People who can't afford, but they choose to stay in a smaller house. That's one issue. Another issue is, is it really, uh, is it really so fair that generally people pay more? Why don't you just tax the rich more? Well, the GST is just one part of the equation. So to really collect substantial and uh, sustainable 
revenue for the government, we need to rely on uh, other types of taxes. I'm obviously mm-hmm. I'm talking about income taxes and some form of wealth taxes. Okay. So GST is not the only solution to it. So so it's, it's just uh, some total of all this okay. to generate sufficient uh, revenue for the government. Let's talk about wealth taxes in just a moment, because first, I'd like to explore whether or not this hike coming at this time will really make a difference and how it will help Singapore's economic recovery. Because obviously, a lot of people are still asking if this is the right time for it. Well, in terms of timing, uh, I think there's some talk where it could be as early as April. Some say uh, it has to happen this year. Uh, for me, again, uh, my my uh, hope is that uh, uh, it should be delayed until uh, January next year, at least. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm sort of in the middle ground. Uh, I understand the rationality of the uh, hike. It is urgent. But yet, uh, you should give the public uh, more uh, room to prepare, uh, more more time to prepare, and, and hopefully the the, the bill, the bill, the pill will then be not so bitter because businesses need to be prepared. Individuals need to be prepared. Uh, so, yeah. So let's not uh, implement it as early as April or even July. All right. So that's my hope as a consumer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perhaps people would be more convinced if they knew why and how it will help Singapore's economic recovery. Can you perhaps see it from that standpoint and illustrate it for us? Okay, I'm not sure how the hike will itself uh, contribute directly to the economic recovery. Uh, I must say I'm, no, I'm not an economist, I'm more like an accountant. Uh, so if you look at the, the nature of GST hike, uh, if things get more expensive, uh, consumers may be less willing to spend and therefore, you know, that will impede the recovery if, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's less expensive. But on the other hand, uh, if the, the GST hike is able to uh, churn out uh, additional revenue for the government, the government can then spend more on uh, more er- on certain areas of uh, importance, such as healthcare, infrastructure, social spending. That in, that in turn it, uh, has the reverse effect of of uh, of uh, encouraging uh, uh, spending. So you know there is a kind of mixed uh, uh, reaction. Uh, mixed uh, kind of outcome there. Yeah. So I can't say that it would directly uh, help to uh, contribute to the economic recovery. Mm-hmm. Prof, so I understand. That's my point here, yeah. Yeah, I understand you're not an economist. No worries. Uh, try your best uh, to help me out with this one. Um, so my feeling, similar, I'm not an economist, my feeling is that inflation's on the rise, uh, but are salaries uh, going up, you know, in terms of a ratio to manage this before you start implementing something like uh, GST hike? Is is this a valid uh, sort of uh, mindset to look at? Uh, certainly, that is uh, what what majority of Singaporeans, sure. uh, men in the street, are really concerned about. I think if you read the media reports, uh, there's some the expression of concern from the lower income group where they are... In, seriously impacted by mm. the pandemic, where even livelihood is at uh, is is at threat. Uh, yeah. So, so these are genuine concerns. So, the government should really pay attention to all these uh, lower income groups. And uh, I, I would say that uh, yes, there's uh, help coming on the way, but there's scope to do more. You know, even going beyond the six billion assurance package. Why not extend more help 
to the uh, extreme poverty cases. Mm. When you say more help than what is already being extended, what do you have in mind? Well, everything uh, uh, go up by 20 to 30%, for example. Again, uh, help should be mm. extended to, the, to, to those who really need it. Uh, so, yeah, so, so it, it must be a targeted kind of help. Uh, I think we have in place the voucher system already, uh, yeah. which has worked very well. So it's just to uh, fine-tune a bit and uh, increase the payouts for the low-income group, yeah. Uh, when we talk about, um, you know, trying to cushion the impact, I mean, one of the things you mentioned was that uh, $6 million assurance package. What else, in your opinion, can the government do uh, to prepare Singaporeans for this? Do you think it's it's been enough considering they already announced that this was going to happen three years ago? Yeah, sure, there was COVID. But they did tell us a long time ago. Uh, certainly. Uh, so, the... Uh uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It was announced in 2018. So when it eventually happened, I think uh, the public is certainly will, will be more prepared. But I would say it's still delayed the height as far as possible. Uh, closer to 2025 if we sure. can. But sure. again, as uh, putting on the cap of a academic academics are supposed to be neutral uh, maybe just delay to till next year not this year please and, uh, <laughs> oh, I love it I love it <laughs> explain to the public uh, why the increase and when it happened uh, uh, track the the, the, the uh, expenditure and show the public that it, it is channeled to the right purpose sure. it mm. is channeled where it was intended to yeah Exactly. So, so to, yeah. you have to illustrate it with concrete yes. examples. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about wealth taxes. Should Singapore use wealth taxes instead beyond the progressive taxes on, say, property that we're seeing right now or on cars instead of collecting revenue through GST? What sorts of wealth taxes also do you think ought to be introduced? Wealth taxes come in uh, various forms. Uh, the most uh, familiar one that we are we are uh, Singaporeans are, are familiar with is the property tax and stamp duty tax. Yeah. So uh, consumers get hit each time they buy uh, properties, and of course, uh, in 16 December last year, uh, there's this announcement of additional buyer stamp duty. Mm. So mm. that already is uh, one announcement that has already been made. Uh, well, apart from uh, stamp duty, uh, property tax one possibility. These are the low-hanging fruits, to, uh, if I can call them, because these are easy to implement. Uh, but if you look at the wealth tax in this purest form, purest form meaning that you really tax someone on the net wealth, that's going to be very cumbersome and the government is very wary of it, that it is uh, very hard to uh, to uh, compute. It needs uh, resources. And uh, moreover, you know, if it is too punitively high, uh, that may lead uh, Singaporeans to maybe migrate, uh, mm. or the foreigners, uh, the foreign talent, they will be, they will not be encouraged to come over to Singapore. So this is these are real concerns mm. that has to be addressed, and and hear that time and again uh, being expressed by the government. So my take is that uh, maybe the this kind of wealth tax being a new form of taxes, uh, it will create confusion, it will create a lot of anxiety. Possibly the government will not consider that, and they will just stick to the. Uh, easy way of uh, taxing property-related uh, taxes. Mm, mm. 
Mm-hmm. But having said that, uh, uh, we currently don't have any GST on purchases of residential properties. and uh, <laughs> So, so uh, maybe we can just uh, tweak the formula a bit. For very expensive properties, maybe GST can be collected, say, uh, above a certain threshold, say 10 million, say 3 million, whatever. Okay. All right? So, so this will only hit the really, really wealthy who will not feel the pinch of, uh, and they should do their part in uh, nation building and so on, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean uh, that's a good point and I'm just picking up uh, the political implications of your last answer, how you know you still want to attract big businesses here in Singapore. Just just a quick wrap-up thoughts uh, from you, Prof. Do you think that, you know, with this 9%, when it eventually happens, and we are both hoping for next year, um, does it still make Singapore an attractive proposition? Because my foreign friends tend to say, oh, it's just 9%, you know, our monthly taxes are 40 50%. It's mm. even worse, right? But then we don't get free healthcare. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. To be fair, our GSD rates are also high by internet... Sorry, uh, very low by international yeah, yeah, standards. Yeah. And, and that must be seen together with our income taxes, which are also high. Collectively, our regime is uh, is competitive. All right? Uh, but of course, uh, other countries have uh, more uh, welfareism and so on. But we seem to be going that way, uh, if I may just put it, because we are increasingly dishing out more to help our less fortunate mm. uh, in terms of levering up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So there's scope to uh, to yeah to do more for the for the part of the government. Yeah. Sounds like we're in transition. Yeah, and I guess if you tweak one side, you've got to tweak the other mm. also, possibly. Thank you so much, Simon. Simon Poe is Associate Professor from the Accounting Department at NUS Business School. Thanks for joining us, Simon. You stay safe and take care. Yeah? You too, both of you. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.